the people I could think of. The person I would like to be talking to the most right now is you. So thanks for being there. I appreciate it. Uh, it is 12-11, Carney Show. It is Tuesday. Food coming around. Grace Meat Plus 3, our restaurants. And, uh, of course, English Magazine's George Mayhew filling in the rest of the food news. Dan Moore's got some tech talk. Some things are happening. And there's a show called Chad on Roku. And it stars Nassim Pedrad. And did I get it right? I have a block. Sure. Pedrad. It's um, Michael's Baths. Text line. 84126. Is it really? Yeah. So, uh, Nassim's going to be on the show, former SNL cast member, and this show, Chad, pretty interesting. She's also a stand-up comic, but she plays, and I said this yesterday, a young Persian boy. Okay. So, that happened. <laughs> so, that's just uh, some of the things that are happen- happening technically on the broadcast, but the fun and frivolity comes here with a visit with two of my favorite people. Where? Where are they? Who? They're waiting Who in the lobby. I'd love to bring them. <laughs> the engineers in the other studio? <laughs> Nick Workman back there? Uh, stop it, you guys. <laughs> Hi, Julie. Hi, Carney. Hi, Max. Carney. I, I like your sweater. It's like a slate blue. I'm, it's very nice. I just ordered a, a comforter for my son's room, my adult son. <laughs> To get that same color. I love And he's like, why did you order me bedding? I was like, well, because I'm tired of looking at what's on your bed. Don't you ever want him to move out? No. Well, that's kind of what my husband said. He's like, that's not a long-term thing. I'm like, exactly. It'll be my extra room. Who was talking on our show about helicopter parents the other day? Was it McGraw? Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, man. I'm I'm a helicopter parent. I am. I am self-proclaimed. I know one. You, yeah, you're a, you guys are, well, Suzanne is more of the helicopter. Oh, yeah. Where Crusher and I are both helicopter parents. We just amp each other up through the whole thing. I'm, I mean, you know, I put my foot down when they smoke in the house. That's really it. Really? That's it? No. No. Okay. Um, all right. So let's let's do this quickly because I want to uh, uh, give my time to a project we've worked on for some time. Okay. So what's going on? Where you been? What have you been doing? What's happening? Did the show yesterday. Was going to watch The Bachelor last night, but I decided I'm going to wait and try to... <sighs> stock up a couple episodes together just to give myself a little, you know, a little carrot at the end of the stick here, this long, long month of January that we're all experiencing. I feel like it's already ready. We should be 2025. Here we go. I mean, this has been the longest month of my life for some reason. Now that you say that, it does feel that way. I mean, the drudgery do of the weather and the, oh my gosh. I mean, it's just a lot everywhere you go. And I saw um, something on, I know you'll be stunned, Instagram this morning that talked about the most depressing bedtime song from the 80s. Bedtime song? It was the bedtime song. What is a bedtime song? The song you would hear before you you would go to oh, bed and you would hear yes. the song. Okay, and this song meant, yeah. it's time to go to bed, All panic. Right. So go. like as a little kid, like when you hear Frank Sinatra yeah. at a bar, it's time to get your coat and get out. Right. This is the go to bed song? <laughs> yes, it was for people that grew up in the 80s. I had a different one, but it's, it's very similar. On Sunday nights, it was the tick of the 60 Minutes yeah. stopwatch. 
Do you know the name of this tune? Suicide is Painless. It's got words. I mean, what a bad decision. Like, that this was being played at bedtime. And then you'd add Larry Connors going, coming up next, MASH. Yeah, at the end but, of it, it was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to be able to fall asleep and all. Uh, this was Max's. This was mine. When I heard your Taxi, dip- I thought, oh, no, they're watching Taxi and having coffee. I have to go to sleep. That's <laughs> so weird. That yes. Was, but I would hear this from the other room. I, I can picture it right now. I'm in my bedroom, and my parents are out there watching. The, I had no idea. What, what kind of sheets was. you got? You got Return of the Jedi or Snoopy? Yeah, re- uh, Jedi, for sure. But I, I would hear this song. I could have guessed that one. And, uh-huh. I, and I would know that it was well, too late now. I have to go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just a realization. I didn't, have, I didn't have a bedtime song. You didn't? You didn't have a bedtime. You didn't have parents that yeah. were around, which well, was sad. Until, once I was a teenager. But no, I, I don't have a bedtime song. You can don't? I, can I borrow yours? Eight four Sure. Eight four one two six. Mine's very depressing, but eight four one two six on the what? The Michaels Baths text line. That's right. You got some on your chin. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Maxie, I was here twenty four hours. You know the most exciting thing to happen, uh, and this is just how uh, uh, un- uh, crazy and unbelievable my life is. But the most exciting thing was watching the Academy Award nominations this morning. Uh, it came out at uh, five thirty in the morning. Over there in California, but of course here in St. Louis, I was only seven thirty in the morning. So while Oscar was getting ready, my Oscar was getting ready for school. <laughs> Does he I wear had, gold on this day? No, he doesn't. Uh, but I, I had the live stream on YouTube on of the uh, nominations, and uh, Zazie Beetz, who is a really great actress, she was in the, a couple of the Deadpool movies, and Jack Quaid. That's Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid's son, and he looks just like his dad. He's got the same smile. Really? Like that Joker kind of smile. But they did all of the uh, uh, nominations. And so I'm watching it, and uh, I'm getting excited about the, the snubs and the people who got in that I was excited. And then I realized that Oscar, instead of getting ready for school, is watching with me because he's rooting for some movies that he's seen like uh, the Spider-Man movie and Nimona, which is an animated film, and The Boy and the Heron, which is a Japanese film. And he really wanted those to get nominated. They all did. They did. And also he wanted something for his beloved Godzilla because there was a new film called Godzilla Minus One. But I was telling him, in the history of Godzilla, the longest-running film franchise since 1954, they've been making these movies. It's longer than anything else. And they've never gotten any nominations from the, the Oscars. Ever. Isn't there a best reptile category? Until today. It Until got, today. It got a nomination for best special effects, so he was over the moon. Oh, that's so, terrific. It was, and and late for school. Probably. Yeah. But, <laughs> but actually, that's okay. He, actually, uh, Katie took him, and I, I called him afterwards because he couldn't stay and watch it. But I called him, and I said, hey, Godzilla got in. Yeah. And he was very happy. Is oh. there a reason that they do it at 530 in the morning? I guess because then it's in the news all day. All, all the trades and everything. There were people there at this banquet. I would love to go one year. I think it'd be fantastic. Is it a breakfast? I uh-huh. guess. Yep. How fun! I know. I'm sure that Meg Ryan and, De- and they've been up. Yeah, Meg know. Ryan and Dennis Quaid had to be really proud. Well, it's kind of a big deal to have your son do that. And, and uh, it, usually it is the offspring because I know that like Sylvester Sloan's daughter did it one year, so they kind of look for hey, who can I think. Uh, Uma Thurman's daughter, who is now a, a well-known actress, I think she did it one year. So it's, uh, but it would be so much fun to go because you know the people who are going to be nominated—they're not sleeping the night before. Uh, and we can talk about the nominations later if you guys are interested. I am wearing my holdovers fictional. I was school, just going to ask uh, you that sweater. 
because yes, I want that. It was not well, you can't have it. It was nominated <laughs> for uh, editing. Paul Giamatti got in for actor and, and picture. best picture. Yeah, which I saw one. that. So I, I love that movie. Wore this today, and I do think it's interesting. And then I'll be quiet. That <laughs> uh, no, you don't have to be quiet. It's a talk show. I think it's interesting that Barbie. Uh, of course, nominated for Best Picture. But it's it, there's a, a storyline in Barbie about how Ken realizes the power in the real world of the patriarchy. Okay. That's a storyline in Barbie. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting how Margot Robbie, who played Barbie, was not nominated for actors. But Ken was. But Ryan Gosling was for <laughs> Kid. I thought, oh, wow, that's kind, of, that's kind of art imitating life or vice versa. Indeed, and as predicted yesterday, Max said he'll have a few things to say about the Oscars, and he's the most qualified for sure. As I perused it, I don't think I saw one of them, and I'm sure, Max, at least in the major categories, you saw all the films? I think this year, yeah, I don't think there was anything. I think Zone of Interest might be the only thing that I haven't seen, but of all the other things nominated, I'm pretty sure, maybe a couple in International, that I haven't. Uh, yeah, uh, Happy Days from, uh, or Pleasant Days from Japan, I haven't seen. But pretty much everything else. Yeah. And I'm really happy that Anatomy of a Fall got in, Past Lives got in, really great films. And it's always fun after the noms come out because people who, who like movies go, well, now I got to watch this. Well, now I got to watch this. And it's wonderful because people who might had not have seen the holdovers. That's what I do. Will yeah. watch, that's what a lot of people do. So. And make note that the hip word is noms. Noms. Did you catch that when I the did. noms came out? I did. He is tragically hip. It is uh, 12.20. I would like to use my time to make good on something I said I was going to do. I don't know how this came up in conversation. And frankly, my dear, it doesn't matter. Um, but we learned that Max Fuji, in his entire life on this planet, has never not only had a Nutter Butter, but never heard of Nutter Butter. Never saw a package of them? I even got the feeling that he thought I was making it up. I thought you meant circus peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are They're in the same shape, but that's all. And if I saw the Nutter Butters at the store, I would not go near them because of circus peanuts. No, this is totally different. This is like a peanut Oreo, a peanut butter Oreo. I found the family size box. (laughs) Of Nutter Butter. You're a giver. And you brought it into the station. <laughs> and Max has never had one, so let me slide this over to you, yeah. young man. And as Julie had her first Big Mac on this broadcast, Max is about to indulge in his first Nutter Butter cookie. I have a question for Julie. You had that Big Mac on the air. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you only ate about half of it. And you said, eh, not really your favorite thing in the world. Have you gone back and had another Big Mac? No. Okay. Mm-mm. But I would just go for a hamburger or a cheeseburger. So it wasn't a success for you? Oh, it was fine. I just don't think I need to go in at 1,000 calories a sandwich. Okay, these look awful because they look like circus peanuts, and I can't stand that it's oversized not, just, peanut just shape. Just wait. Just but wait. I, I do love peanut butter. Let the taste talk. Are you allergic to peanuts? We That's should what start Carney there. asked me, too. <laughs> so you already brought in the package. Yeah, no, I've got my EpiPen. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah, Jane, uh, Jamie Kennedy. I know. All right. He's now had one. That with a cold glass of milk. Waiting on a verdict. Hot chocolate. Mm, not bad. For some processed Where did you buy these? cookies. Grocery store? Any grocery Any store. Any major supermarket? Well, I'm going to see how quickly I can eat the entire bag. Really? These are fantastic. Aren't they? Yeah. yeah. These are great. 
There's a Tuck- restaurant that crushes those up and uses it for a crust in banana cream pie. Oh, yum. How come these aren't more popular? I mean, everybody's they always are. talking about Snickers. And You're just, you missed out. It must be a Florida thing. I don't think they're popular. No, I've never heard of them. In the Michael's Baths text line, never saw a package. Has he never been inside a gas station? <laughs> and they're almost as good as Girl Scout cookies. So, oh. Yeah, they really? kind of are reminiscent of yes. dosy dos They are very dosy do ish but I think I prefer them. Yeah. Yep. We'll have at it. They're family size. Right. Uh, Walter Noel Flores, again, doing such a great job for us in the flowers that I had sent to my wife on Friday. And they now live in our house, in the kitchen, on the island, and they still look absolutely beautiful. But I would tell you this, they drink a lot of water. I mean, I filled the, the vase when she came home on Friday, and by Sunday, it was almost empty again. Now, I don't know if it's that or the kids drinking Well, it's it. awfully dry in the house probably right now, too. Well, yeah, that too. So you got to keep it watered. But I'll tell you what, as long as I stay on top of that, they're going to look as beautiful as the day I got them for at least another, like, three weeks. Wow. I mean, that's, uh, that's getting a bang for your buck. So you want to send some flowers, send some nice ones. And they're not going to be the cheapest ones. I'll tell you that. But they will be the best ones. Walter Noel Flores. Find him online, WKF.com. Lettuce and onion, sesame, all seed bunt. I think they're describing a big... <laughs> to all these patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, all the sesame seed bunt. Say that again. To all the patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. To all the patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a little. McDonald's Big Mac. The big sandwich with the great big taste that everybody's talking about. Sesame seed bun, and we forgot the onion. It's a did. It's a did say onion. Sure? It, it's, it said onion. Julie Buck's favorite. All right. Mm. Of all the campaigns and commercials as far as jingles go, I mean, that's what, 40 years old, 35 years old? And we still pretty much know it by heart. Yeah. It's upsetting. So I'd say that's a win. And I imagine the studio musicians tasked to record that maybe got 200 bucks. Came out in 1974. So they would get nothing like for residuals. I or, doubt it. No. I don't think they were thinking that far ahead back then. No. So that's 50 years. Yeah. Ugh. That's an old sandwich. Right don't there. say that. I'm 51. Well, I don't want to be an old sandwich. You're not an old sandwich. You're, I am. No, you're a newer sandwich. I'm older than that sandwich. Michael's best tech line just tuned in. What's Max eating? You know, maybe we can make that a like a contest on the show. Once uh, a week, Max no. is chewing on something. <laughs> no, and, uh, a show that I was on already did that, so we can't. With you that. eating? Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, it was a bunch of us who did that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my uh, getting back to go to bed songs, my favorite was Ray Charles singing America. That's when Channel 4 signed off. I do remember that. I do remember that. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, ton of things happening, especially around New Hampshire way. Yeah, that's all going down tonight. Now, I did you see the the phone call, the prank phone call that... Uh, they they recorded Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden with an made like an AI voice of him saying, 
don't go vote in these polls. It's a bunch of malarkey. And yeah, that they sounded, threw that in there to make it sound authentic. They said malarkey. Malarkey, and it was not real. The White House has confirmed that these phone calls are not real. It was all AI-generated, and they're calling people last night in New Hampshire, and they're just people trying to screw stuff up. Don't do that. It just messes with our system. You know, I don't know if you guys remember, but when first uh, AI was first being reported on and stuff, I said, this is the end of us, and <laughs> and here it comes. Here it comes. I think as long as everybody's aware who's of what's even, going who's on. Who's answering these calls? It, it's, it's the elderly, and I get that, but this is not doom for us all. I mean, I'm not going to believe that Malarkey Joe is telling me not to vote. I mean, come on. And then you're going to follow the instructions of yeah. some guy on the phone going, don't go vote, it's a bunch of malarkey. Oh, boy, Joe just called me personally and told me not to go vote. Come on. Maybe yeah. I don't want that person voting. Maybe. Now, that, uh, that. now that politics gets into full swing, uh, I start paying attention. But that's the kind of stuff that I'll pick up from politics. The fake Joe Biden call. Um, another one. Let's see. I printed it out. So I really got to get myself organized. Mm-mm-mm. That's all right. We're here till three. <laughs> Nikki Haley is at a rally in New Hampshire, and she's talking to her supporters and everything, and a uh, person interrupted her in the crowd and said, will you marry me? I wonder what her husband thought. Yeah. I don't know if he knew that she uh, had one. Oh, he he knew because when uh, she said, are you going to vote for me? He said, I'm voting for Trump. And she said, get out of here. Yeah. So he knew. That's a little creepy. Yeah. It sounds like uh, Baba Booey or something like off the Howard Stern show. So we've got uh, this little thing happening in New Hampshire. And and keep your seatbelts fastened. We go to Nevada February 8th uh, for the Republican presidential caucuses. And then South Carolina for the Republican presidential primary election on February 24th. So it's coming fast and furious. What's the date on the Super Bowl? It is the 7th, I want to say. Let me look. It's right around then. February 11th, 2024. uh, Yep. So it's three days after the caucuses. Wow. Nevada's going to be crazy. Absolutely Nuts. So, and I don't understand it, but Joe Biden will not be appearing on the ballot since the contest violates the national party rules he pushed for, but supporters have mounted a writing campaign on his behalf. I don't understand any part of that. He doesn't need to. He's already the nominee. Right. Matter. But there are a couple other Until people they push saying, him out. saying, pick me, pick me. Uh, there are other Democratic candidates that will appear on the ballot. Mm-hmm. One is, these are household names, uh, Representative Dean Phillips in Minnesota and a candidate from 2020, Marianne Williamson. So they're going to be on the ballot and not Joe Biden. They had a couple, an older couple that was undecided. An independent, supposedly. Yeah. And they showed them this morning on the Today Show, and she said, I'm independent and undecided, but I've just decided, and I'm going to vote, 
I'm going to write in Joe Biden. And then he said, I'm going to vote and write in Chris Christie. And he said, I know my vote doesn't count, but I have to look at myself in the mirror. And then she said, I think we should see other people. And it's like, well, I mean, you could put Mr. Magoo on on the right and it's just a waste. And people do. Like, say something. Like, pick. this. These are the options. Pick. Otherwise, it has no impact. If we all did that, it it would affect our, well, I mean, all of it's going to affect our country in one way or another. But it just seems silly to me knowing that if I write in John Carney, I mean, why would I even drive to the polls? No offense, of course. None taken. Well, no, plenty taken. No, I mean, I wouldn't write you in for president because I know you're not going to win. I want to cast my vote on somebody that actually has the potential to win Ouch. the election. Well, if you were running, you're not running for president. You know, the good thing um, about running for president, if I wanted to, is I don't have any skeletons. Everything's out there. Police reports and, you know. Security camera footage. So you mean you have no, no hidden, nah. everything's just. It's all out there. Well, and in your favor, I think the age of skeletons is behind us. Nobody can have nope. skeletons. Yeah, exactly. I think the last skeleton was uh, brought out of the closet with Bill Clinton with the I did not have an affair with that woman. I think after that, nobody cared because you look at not only Trump, but a lot of other candidates who have really sketchy stuff. And nobody cares. Yeah. So Harry, what's his name with Donna Rice? Right. Which seems Edwards minuscule now. Right. But uh, yeah, I think I think Clinton was the last major political scandal, and since then, like they're scandal proof. So you're going to be fine, Carney. I feel like there's two major scandals going on right now with all of the Trump lawsuits and Hunter Biden. And I mean, nobody the, cares because they're both going to be the, the, the nominees. So you're proving my point. Well, okay. I think that there are scandals, though. I mean, those are scandals. I just don't think that they're allowing these people not to run anymore. Well, I think that's what Carney was saying is that used to skeletons in your closet would prevent you from gaining political office. I think that is over with. Mm. It's all over. Um, a- and, AI and, is you destroying know, Our planet. right to vote is is a big deal, and I think you should use it, exercise it. I don't care... What side you're on, just pick something. Yeah, and figure, you know, considering a lot of people lost their lives so we could do that. Uh, and if you ever travel to another country, uh, not all of them, obviously, but you can see the kind of restraints and, you know, no voice heard by the common people. You, you come to appreciate what we have here. Right. You For know? sure. I know. I do. We got a schmooze that's around the corner. Uh, next hour, we dig in uh, at Grace Meat Plus Three with Rick Lewis. I love that place. I love him. He's actually going to be in one of our restaurants at Carnival. Uh, 30 tickets left. I checked this morning. So if you want to go, uh, you know, and always last minute, people call me and say, oh man, I forgot to get tickets. Can you get me tickets? And I could understand how you think I'd have a line on tickets because it's my party. I got nothing to do with it. They don't let, I'm not in charge of anything. So, you know. Well, you are. You're in charge of getting the entertainment and and outlining the menu and the food. But then other than that, as far as tickets and seating. I have no pull. It's not your department. I have no pull whatsoever. But boy, we got a lot of stuff from uh, the LHM people here. Thank you so much. 
the new 360 out here. Yes. Like a happy hour for eight people for like three hours, food and drinks. That's nice. Uh, another one of those happy hour for eight people at the one down at Union Station. Um, just a bunch of really cool stuff. Coming in daily, We pu- I put up a so picture nice. of the Kelsey helmet that is signed. Is it Jason or Travis? Travis. And uh, also, we have... I, I'm not sure what it is, but it's something signed from Taylor Swift with a certificate of authenticity as well. Wow. Pretty impressive stuff. And you can you can bid online. Right. I was going to mention that to you. I don't think we are ready to do that yet, but you know I'll let you know day of when you can. But I'd rather you came to the party. Great fun. 24th of February at Ameristar. So think about it. Think about coming to party. Why not? I would. Uh, Delmar Gardens family looks like uh, I'm off to Med Resources again for for some other health thing to improve my quality of life. I don't want to go into exactly what it is because it's kind of embarrassing. But I will tell you, I've turned to them on many of occasions. They have provided me with my CPAP. And mask replacements and filters for that. Uh, I've gotten crutches from them. I've gotten a wheelchair from them. I'm a mess. (laughs) I'd like to say I'm doing all these things just so I can tell you about the services they offer. No, I'm falling apart. When you went in to get the wheelchair, did you tell them it was to go to the Drake concert? I Um, bet that was a first for Med Resources. Actually, I did because I, I know those guys pretty well, Jeff Ron. And I, I was square with him. I'm like, I got to go to a concert in Minneapolis, and there's no way I'm going to be able to walk around the stadium. So we picked one that was nice and lightweight, and around town we went. Around town we went. So um, anyway, so if you need any of those things, from uh, orthopedic socks to special orthotics made just to your fitting or those scooters, those motorized scooters, everything, everything to improve your quality of life. And Med Resources, which is, no surprise, part of the Delmar Gardens family. Online at delmargardens.com. You've seen her a ton of places now. Try the Roku channel, a new show coming down the pike called Chad. And she, not surprisingly, one of the stars of the cast, we were able to get her to stand still for a few minutes. So we're going to have a conversation. Nassim Padrad, welcome to the program and congrats on the new show. So is it weird to work on a TV show where Lauren Michaels isn't lurking in the shadows? I've thought of him often because SNL really does give you... um, it's just such an incredible training ground and it's such a game of survival to withstand that show week to week. You sort of leave it feeling like if you could survive that, you could survive anything. So I took the grit from that experience and knew that I wanted to create my own show and was able to go off and do that. And before we dig deep into Chad, cause I want people to check it out. It's streaming free. Uh, it debuted uh, back on TBS but back to SNL, prior to that, were you doing improv, Groundlings, Second City, that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, um, I 
studied theater at UCLA, and then because I was already in L.A., I was like, okay, why don't I start taking classes at the Groundlings, which is an improv school, and um, at the higher levels, you start to write sketch comedy as well. So I came from an improv and sketch background, and then wrote a one-woman show that Tina Fey saw, and that sort of was the start to my career. Awesome. So which is more interesting to you or easier for you to do? Is it when when you have a script you need to follow or it's pretend you're on a bus and there's five clowns? <laughs> well, I I mean there's there's nothing like improvising. I mean to to just be up there and start from scratch having no idea what direction the the scene is about to go is like a real rush, you know. I mean, that's for the adrenaline junkies out there. I suggest improv because it's really fun. Um, that being said, even on Chad, my TV show that I'm promoting, I, I, you know, we had a fully written script, obviously, going into production, and I would sort of use that as a template provide while the camera was rolling from there because it's so fun. It's just so fun to live in the moment yeah. and to surprise yourself with things going out of your mouth and then to play with another actor who's also doing that um, and get each other and trust that you'll find you'll find some some gold you'll have some fun and you'll make each other laugh and I, like I'm so proud to promote this show and I believe in it so much because I know it's funny and we just laughed making it. So I, I hope that comes across to the viewers. Yeah, and when you left NSL, you went on to do a show with another alum in John Mulaney, who is one of the funniest humans on stage I've ever seen. I, I would think with yeah. you, you two on the same set, probably hard to get a lot of work done. Oh my gosh. I mean, he makes me laugh obviously so much as editors and yeah, I I left SNL with him to do that show, which felt like a cozy transition out of SNL because yeah. it was another Lauren Michaels show, and I was having so much fun my fifth season. I didn't really want to leave, but then I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I have this opportunity to do this sitcom with John, and it ended up, the show didn't end up lasting. We It was such a great lesson at that point in my career of, like, how, you know, in the entertainment industry, you could have the agree around something and sometimes things just don't come together or they don't translate the way I I knew that I was at a stage in my career where however long that were or weren't to last I wanted to really make my own show and so when that ended I developed chat and I was lucky enough that it worked out and we got great reviews season one and, and we got a second season out of it, which now people can watch on Roku. That is awesome. It's called Chad. Check it out. And a couple of very interesting things in my mind about this show is, number one, it's it's a single camera shoot, which gives you a completely different perspective of what you're walk, watching. But I got to tell you, when I look at you, I don't think, ah, young Persian boy. <laughs> that's interesting casting. It is interesting casting. And I and listen, the network had similar concerns when I told them. They're like, you know, what do you want to write next? And uh, 
when I when I pitched them the idea for Chad, they were like, oh, okay, great. And so you'll play the mom. And I was like, well, actually, uh, I think I should play Chad. Like, I think we could push the comedy so much further if you're not watching an actual Persian-American immigrant kid suffering through the awkwardness that we put Chad through. And at the same time, hopefully you just, a couple minutes into seeing this adult woman play that character, you just sort of buy it, and you're along for the ride, yeah. and you're able to laugh at ridiculous stuff he gets himself into, which, um, yeah, which we had so much fun writing, and I certainly had so much fun performing. And I teeter-tottered. I really, like, I really hope people give it a shot, because um, it is it is funny, and, and uh, season two in particular is, Full of these amazing guest stars, and we give we give Chad a love interest that goes in a pretty hilarious direction, and I I'm just so excited for fans to see it. Yeah, I teeter tottered back and forth between totally relating to Chad's awkward situation, and I'm of a much older <laughs> generation, and secondly, I get the same feeling a lot that I got watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, where I'd be thinking, Chad, oh, don't, don't say that. Don't, don't, don't do go that. there. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, I thought it'd be so funny to tell a coming of age story of like an awkward teenager who, unlike, you know, a lot of the shows we've seen in the 80s or 90s, where there was like a distinct bully that <laughs> terrorized the main character there's no one bullying Chad. He just gets in his own way more than anything else. Yeah. And, yeah. and and exactly what you said, that cringe comedy of like, oh, God, here he goes again. Like, what is he going to do this time? Um, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of the the, you know, the comedy engine of the show for sure. But I love writing about adolescence because. You remember that age, like everything, even the smallest, most trivial thing just felt so life or death. Yeah. The stakes were so high. And at the end of the day, this is a show about a kid trying to fit in, which we can all relate to. It, it is awesome. You do a tremendous job. This is a wonderful vehicle for you. And what else is going on? Like you got time. Do you do a stand-up act? Do you play the banjo? Do you juggle? Do you sing? <laughs> I did start taking piano lessons recently, mm-hmm. um, but no, I I love I love writing, and um, I'm working on a new project now. I also love just popping into you know when you make a TV show, it's so all consuming in terms of your calendar. You're, you're like for Chad, I, I'm running the writers' room for 16 weeks, and then I'm in production shooting it for a couple months, and then I'm editing for a few months. So it's it's you're kind of all in and sometimes it's nice to just pop into a movie you know like I was lucky enough to do Aladdin or um I just shot the new Beverly Hills cop movie that's coming out um the fourth installment with Eddie Murphy and so sometimes it's also nice to play in someone else's sandbox and and someone else's home so I think I'll always continue to write but I I love collaborating with other people season season two of Chad has dropped it's on Roku the first season was on TBS. So are both seasons on Roku now? Yeah, so there was a big merger and TBS sort of um, stopped with making original content and I was lucky enough that Roku 
loved the show and was like, we'll buy it from them. So season one is available already on Roku. You can go to the Roku um, channel.com or like, you know, you were talking about earlier, it's Roku comes with most smart TVs. So most people already have Roku on their TV. Both both are free, which is so great because so many streamers nowadays, you have to like pay for yet another subscription. Exactly. Season one's already available. And season two drops at midnight. So tomorrow is when season season two comes out, and you could then binge that. Hey, thanks so much for the time. More importantly, thanks for all the years of entertainment you have given us and continue to do so. And we'll be watching Chad. Thank you so much, and thanks to your listeners. Also in the news recently is that Southern which shares physical space with Pappy's has just closed for good. And I don't think you're still involved with it, but you started that thing. Yeah. So me, so that was kind of, so we're James Beard stuff. Quincy's going good. And, you know, there was the itch to kind of strike out on our own and do our, do our own business. That was kind of always my wife and I's plans to own our own business. And, um, we went into Southern. We opened that with Mike Emerson from Pappy's. And, uh, Who's hiding in Maui now. Yeah, we were doing that great for a couple of years, and, and then it was seemed like it was time to exit that. So It seemed like right after that, everybody was opening up Nashville hot yes. chicken play. You were like on the front end of that. But yes. you, were, you were the first in town to yes. do that. The OG, yes. if you will. You, you really were. And, mm-hmm. and what I, uh, was impressed me about Rick and, and Mike, they went down to Memphis, and they went down to Nashville, yes. and they went down to all these places where they have buddies that know how to do this. They did a lot of research. They yes. didn't just say, we're just going to open this place up. And you guys came back and told a lot of stories yes. about the things you were doing differently, why you were frying it. 325 yes. instead of this and that. Anyway, I it just was really impressive. The lines were out the door. It was just like yes. Pappy's. And you guys ran it just like Pappy's. Yes. Where I remember you, you were saying it's always nice to have a greeter working that line, just how yes. Mike did. And you said many of the times it was me. It, yeah, it, it, I it was Rick, that. It was yeah. Rick Lewis doing it. And what I thought was cool is that what he was handing out was chicken of the first spice level. So, yeah. or, or the second, just yes. so you could gauge your order, because really you don't know. Like you don't know till you dip a toe in, yeah, you know? till you commit. <laughs> so here, here's a taste of number two or number one. It sounds kind of gross the way I just said it, but yes. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I just thought mind, that was George. that was really. <laughs> well, I thought it was really smart. Yeah, and you know oh, when you get yeah. into something that's like got such a following, like Nashville hot chicken, and something that's been done for generations, like we felt like we really needed to go down there learn how to do this stuff and come back with an authentic thing, even though it was a new spin and, and then greeting people and, and, and kind of educating them on how hot it is because nobody in St. Louis was really doing food that spicy other than, you know, maybe going to like a Vietnamese restaurant or a Thai restaurant. That number five or six yeah. heat level. Did this you make surgeon people, general warning? I know. It. Did you make people sign a waiver for we, that one? We probably should have. Some of them were just, it was yeah. just crazy hot. We I traded tried out it. a lot of chicken on that <laughs> <Brutal>. deal. <laughs> Yeah, we, we traded out a lot of chicken on that. And to bring this full circle, that same original recipe is still 
available yes. at Grace Meat and Three, yes. right? Yes. Same, same way, same. Same way, same oil, same flour, same seasoning. Just a diesel. Just a different, yeah, just a, <laughs> just a different setting, you know? Um, and we've been doing that for the last, uh, I think we're coming up on eight years, which is wow, blows my wow, mind. Wow, 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 Well, talk about what you're doing for Valentine's Day here. Yeah, so a couple years ago, we had launched an idea to do these so we're not much of a Valentine's type of place, right? And so we're like, what can we do to kind of capitalize on that a little bit? And so a couple of years ago, we launched these fried chicken bouquets. I remember. So yeah. they, they kind of went viral. They were on a late night show. Everybody's talking about them. It's a half dozen tenders. Uh, with some carnations, some herbs, and some dipping sauces. And it comes in a little bouquet. Looks like it's arriving straight yes. from the florist. In a little it's, flower box, yeah. This it, is my wife, man. She's Everybody it, thinks I'm the genius. She's the real money behind no, this Nobody thing. thinks you're the genius. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I did, but it's not, you know. <laughs> Yeah, look at that. I'll, I'll take a picture and post it of George. So what about seating for Valentine's? Yes. Are you going to put candles on the table, or is the fried chicken bouquet enough? Yeah, so, you know, those are kind of come pick them up, do your own thing, whatever. So to do in-house, we've decided this year we were going to launch a fried foods tower. So, you, you know, a lot of people, they go to the nice restaurant, they get the seafood tower. We're going to do kind of a uh, hillbilly version of that. <laughs> All um, right. So your first tier, you're going to have a like Frito Misto, a fried calamari, <laughs> right. yeah. crawfish tails, red peppers. You're going to have chicken tenders, fried catfish. You're going to have fried lobster served in the shell. You're going to have hush puppies, slaw, french fries, dipping sauces. And then on our top tier... We have caviar service. So we got, what? instead of Bellinis, we've got Southern style Johnny cakes, which is like cornmeal pancake, creme fraiche, caper, a little bit of shallot and chive, and all the lemon to squeeze over everything. Is that the size? If I ordered it at the restaurant, would, that's, I, that's would I get that? That's basically what you're going to get, brother. It looks like <laughs> a sled. Yeah, it really and, does. You know, what we didn't want to do was not live up to the idea of the seafood tower. Those are very impressive when you go into the restaurant and you see that. So um, so this is what, can I ask how much that thing costs? I think it's clocking in around like one fifteen, something like that. That's a lot of food. It's but a it lot feeds of food. a ton of it people. It would probably feed four plus Easy. five people, yeah. yeah. Will this go past Valentine's Day, or is this just a special for the occasion? This is our first run, so we're going to see how it goes. We kind of want to bring it back for New Year's Eve as well, yeah, and then kind of see where it goes from there, if we're going to do it all the time or not. That is so cool. You order a bottle of bubbles with this, man, and I mean, that's a party right there. Right? (laughs) Where are you from originally? I'm from St. Louis. You are? You have more of a, a little bit more of a twang. it's a South St. Louis. Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. You're south of town? It's from hanging out with all these people in the south. I I was going to say Scottish. Scottish. Just uh-huh. yeah. Georgie, what else is going on around town? I've kind of been out of the scene. Oh, there's, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things going on. There's, I did a thing that I said, what are your favorite restaurants now that the weather has gotten colder? Somebody asked me that. I said, you know, and this is when it was like yeah. zero degrees. So, That's a good question. So I did an article uh, over the weekend and I started writing it and I go, and all of a sudden I've got like 25 of these places. So yeah. anyway, uh, you know, darker, cozier, dim lights, candles, 
uh, lodging look, things mm-hmm. like that kind of came to mind. 1111 Mississippi, Fox and Hounds, Basso, those kind of yeah. lodgy type places. But the, the granddaddy of them all, and I haven't gone up there in a while, uh, is that Pear Marquette Lodge and Conference Center. Yeah, their chicken is really not yeah. as good as whoa, Rick's, whoa, of course. But easy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, too soon, yeah. Carl. Yeah. Too soon. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely wintertime <laughs> drive going up to Grafton to do that. And they've got that fireplace that hold, that has those five-foot logs in there. Anyway, it's just a, a, a really cool road trip, and there's all kinds of history and, and ambiance in the place. And, the, you know, good old comfort food. Actually, it's, my, it's a place Rick Lewis would feel quite at home in. My mother-in-law got us, a, like, a gift card or a stay there. Yeah, uh, like last year. So we actually are planning a trip to go up there here in a few weeks. Yeah, there you go. It's fun. And the oh. other one that I know we've mentioned on the show is Hamilton's Urban Steakhouse and, and Bourbon Bar. That yeah. just feels like a wintertime joint. Yeah, it does. You know, yeah. some places are all, you know, windows and light wood. Not this place. It's just it, it's perfect. So anyway, uh, I came up with about 20, 25 of them. So. Next awesome. time it gets really cold, SDLMag. check them out. That's where you'd find them. Carney and I have been talking a lot about potato skins for some reason. Well, because I made them over the weekend. Well, and Oof. then we were talking about the potato skins from Sportsman's Park and how good those are. <laughs> Is there a place in your mind, George Mayhe, where you think of... No, I, I'm not a potato skin eater. Uh, I, I just, you know, the bar and grill places... Right, Rick. I, I don't know that there's any in town that like stand out. And I'll tell you what. Why I kind of I'm kind of done with it because when I was younger, we served them at this place in Columbia, Missouri, and we would take all the the baked potatoes that weren't used and turn them into potato skins. You'd peel them, and they were the next day's potato skins. Then they got so popular that we were cooking the potatoes just to get to the skin. Yeah. And then we had then we had the insides. It's a lot of, of work. The, then we Carney had the, was saying. then we had the insides of the potatoes. We had to you know, it was like mashed potato this and potato pan pancakes and this and that so i i'm kind of done with your that. potato i think you got to be a fat kid to make like a good potato <laughs> well i was so like, i know like the i came whole up deal. in these bar and grills uh-huh. and like you know everybody would be like not the potato skin because they didn't want to make them because yeah. they had to sprinkle all the stuff but i loved making i just packed them full of that cheese I, and bacon yeah and sour cream I, sour cream yeah, kind of overcook them a little mm-hmm. bit. i had such a hankering for them i made them over the weekend i never made them before and i didn't realize they are labor intensive. A little bit. It's more than gutting out a potato and filling it with sour cream and cheese. Um, Rick Lewis is here. It is Grace Meat Plus Three, and of course, George Mayhe Two uh, on a Restaurant Tuesday. And we got more of it right after some messages. Carney Show, welcome back. Restaurant Tuesday, it is January 23rd as well. Thursday on the broadcast, we. Uh, do our Backstoppers fundraiser. That's always fun. And you'll meet some of the supporters. You'll meet some of the Backstopper people. And, of course, a uh, tremendous cause indeed. I'm more and more impressed every year. And, of course, Guns and Hoses, their big event that they do around Thanksgiving. And they made, and it was over a million, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's such so, a great cause. Really we'll talk is. more about it on Thursday. But, Really, if you're not familiar with Backstoppers, just just tune in and you'll get it right away. Indeed. Restaurant Tuesday going on and uh, Rick's come up from the city. Rick Lewis from sure. Grace Meat and Three. And, uh, of course, George Mayhe from, from everywhere, actually. Everywhere. And the myth, the legend. Mm. So, uh, news on the ramen front, did you say? Yeah, yeah. This, is, yeah this, is, this just broke this morning. Um, Menya Rui, which is... A little uh, ramen shop down on Hampton 
uh, just won, was just awarded number two on Yelp's list of the top 100 restaurants in the country. Number that's two awesome. in the country by not Yelp. ramen restaurants. No, restaurants. No, and that's just unbelievable. That it's it's not too surprising. The owner, a guy named Chef uh, Stephen Persley, was a Food and Wine magazine best new chef this year. He was one of eleven chosen. That's what I'm sure put him on the radar for this kind of thing. But the Yelp folks, you know, they they take a lot of things into consideration. They just don't do this haphazardly. So wow. Anyway, hats off. And <laughs> the crazy thing is, there's 24 seats in there. And the line will wrap around the building. Oh, I'm sure. But the good news is, you know, a ramen uh, experience is maybe 30 minutes. You know, you, you you get your, you know, they do it quick. You order it quick. You get it quick. You eat it quick and you go. Spill it on your that, shirt. Yeah, that's how it works. Anyway, I... He's a great guy, and, and it's well-deserved. Good for him. He needs yeah. another 24 seats, though. I'll tell you that right now. So, to get a first-hand feel of what it's like to get something like this... Uh, the James Beard Awards, basically pretty much the Academy Awards in the food right, world. Right, the Oscars of the and food world. And out of nowhere, and by your own admission, no idea that you get named best up-and-coming chef yeah. a few years ago. What did that do to your business or your paycheck? Or well, did, did flipped it, on a light switch in the business, that's for sure. I yeah. Mean, we had... No idea what to expect. Like, you know, I was familiar with the James Beard Awards and I had worked for some of these guys, but I, I really wasn't like hyper focused in on that or even like trying to go after something like that. And uh, so all of a sudden, you know, my phone, Twitter just lights up. And, you know, I remember, I'll never forget Nate Hereford, who was the chef at Niche at the time, Chef de Cuisine. He's like, you know, it was like, buckle up, big boy, because things are about to get <laughs> yeah, real. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it was just crazy because we were just this, like, neighborhood bar and grill in South City. And yeah. the next day, line out the door. And that Cadillac you drive now is really yeah, slick. Right. So, yeah, yeah. It's... <laughs> We had, uh, I remember my, my father-in-law was washing dishes. We had Elissa's little brothers back there helping me prep. They were like you know, young teenagers at best at the time and just trying to keep our heads above water. And that was the first time Mike Emerson popped his little, his beard in the, in the kitchen. and was like, Hey, can I, can I help you with anything? Oh my there? gosh. That's but so funny. No, it was, it was amazing. It was a huge blessing. Just, you know, so it's always exciting when you see some of these guys getting recognition on the national level like that. I love to see how happy it makes you to even talk about it. Yeah. You really do love what, what you're, you love your job. What made you get into this in the first place? Well, you know, what made me get into it wasn't what made me stay with it. What got me into it was that I was a pretty, like, I was a troublemaker. You know, I hung out with a lot of roughnecks and I saw a lot of my friends, like, going to jail and and other sad kind of things happening. And, and I wanted, I didn't want to work for my dad. He was doing real estate and I had my fill of tearing out nasty carpeting and things like that. <laughs> and I got into cooking and, uh, and then I just excelled at it really quickly. So I started in neighborhood bar and grills, family owned Italian restaurants, and then got into the fine dining scene. And I was just like a sponge for learning this stuff. And then really just falling in love with, with people and food and and farmers and all that just kind of is what has kept me into it. That's great. I'll take food over people. 
any day. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, I, George actually interviewed me a few years ago and was like, what's your favorite thing about the restaurant business? And I was like, the people. And he's like, the worst what's thing? the worst yeah. thing? I was like, the, the people. people. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> you don't think of uh, Grace Meat Plus Three being a place to hang out during big sporting events. It's not a sports-themed restaurant, but you've got... Super Bowl happenings. Yeah, so we're not, you know, the sports place because we don't have the TVs. The idea behind not having the TVs is that we really want people to hang out and kind of with talk each, to other each other and talk yeah. to each other. Um, that being Sorry, s- Max. Yeah. <laughs> we do have one TV in the bar, but we close early on Super Bowl. It's a slow day for us. But the food that we serve is great food for Super Bowl. Yeah. So yeah, Super Bowl party. That's where we do like packages and things like that. So we'll have uh, wings offered. We'll have ribs offered. We'll do a nacho platter with hot chicken and our green tomato relish and ranch dressing on there. And uh, we just, we, do a lot of carry out that uh yeah it makes sense i would imagine probably ought to call that kind of stuff in ahead instead of yeah, just so showing up place your order reserve it ahead of time place your order online at our holiday store uh it's ordergraceholiday.com and uh you'll come up to the window or come inside we'll hand it off to you and you can be on your way i have one more question for you okay the name Grace Meat and Three, Grace Meat Plus Three, yeah. what does it mean? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, St. Louis has no idea. It's, so it's Meat and Three. So, you know, we're not in the South. So in the South, that's uh, like a slang term for the town restaurant. And it's because they would have a daily menu of maybe a half dozen uh, meats or proteins oh, and, and a dozen three. sides. You pick a meat and three sides. So, you know, like fried chicken, cornbread, black-eyed peas, and collard greens would be like staple meat and three. What about the grace part? Grace. Grace is like uh, God's grace or an undeserved gift. Um you know, I feel like we all need a little bit of grace nowadays. And, and so we just kind of loved everything that that word stands for. And I uh, thought it was a fantastic name for a restaurant. So I love it. I'm glad I asked Indeed. the question. Yeah. And anytime, a great time to go. But certainly Valentine's Day, that fried food tower is hey, unbelievable. Before we get off that, how many different breadings? It's not, you're not using the same breading on all this. It's it's all different, it seems like. No, it's it's pretty standard. So like, the the flour breaded options are our um, is our chicken flour. Now the seafood, you know, we soak in a little bit of buttermilk, whereas our chicken is dairy and egg free. Um, so it, it kind of gets a little more breaded on there. You, you know? got some cornmeal on that and then catfish. The, the catfish so. is our cornmeal catfish. That's, Don't that's, double dip, George. Yeah. yeah, that's our kind of standard uh, that we do on catfish. So um, all the breadings and seasonings we make those in house. Let's do the housekeeping. What are your hours of operation and where do we find you in cyberspace? Yeah, so we're Wednesday through Sunday, 11 to 9 p.m. Uh, is our food serving hours. And then stlgrace.com is our website. Uh, Grace Meat 3, I believe, is our Instagram. And all that's a Facebook, Twitter. We can find you. All yeah. that stuff will pop up. And we'll see you on the 24th at Carnival. It's one of yeah. our restaurants. It's Super be a blast. excited about that. And if you want to check out George Mayhew, just go on the old interwebs. You'll find him somewhere or turn on your TV and just wait. <laughs> He'll show up on somebody's show talking food or a podcast or a podcast. He's everywhere. He's King everywhere. of all media. Thank you, Thanks, guys. John. Hey, Thanks thank for you coming guys in. so much. Kuna Food Service definitely got their money's worth today with Restaurant Tuesday. A break. We'll come back. It's the Carney Show on KTRS. 
All right, it's time to talk to the author of the best-selling science fiction espionage novels, The Baron Agenda, The Aleph Extraction, The Nova Incident, and his latest thriller, All Souls Lost. All available now, anywhere books are sold. He writes for SixColors.com, knows everything tech. Favorite color is green. He's the father of baby E. He's an animal tolerator. You know who I'm talking about. Doesn't it's our friend. It's our friend Dan Morin. Hello, hello. Happy Tuesday. Yes, yes, it is now. Now that we've got you, so a lot of stuff happening. Let's uh, let's dive in, shall we? Uh, my uh, prediction that AI is destroying the world is coming true, one bit at a time. And the latest one out of New Hampshire. That people are getting <laughs> robocalls uh, of Joe Biden it's saying, a bunch of don't go to the polls. It's a bunch of malarkey. And it's turned out that those are AI calls. So on it goes. Is anybody monitoring the situation? That I couldn't <laughs> find the words. Is there someone in charge of AI in yes. our government? That <laughs> what just... she no. said. Yeah. Absolutely like an... not. No. There is definitely not anybody in charge of AI in our government. There's. I would argue perhaps relatively few people in our government who understand AI. Yeah. So I think that is yeah. probably a barrier to having somebody in charge of it. But I think it's something that definitely is worth regulating and is something that somebody needs to have oversight on. I think that before the that Space is... Force. I mean, I don't know. Some people aren't going to like that. But well, I think no. more so than than the Space Force, we need, like, you Space know, force. AI force. I yeah, agree. I mean— these the technologies are, are new, they are extremely capable, and they are easily accessible. I think those are the challenges that sort of come together, which is like, not only is it very powerful, but it's something that anybody can get access to and kind of find a way to use. And that is tricky to figure out, well, how, when, especially when it, it, it can cause these kinds of threats of disinformation or misinformation, um, I think it absolutely needs to have a way of being regulated. My main concern is, again, you know, the, the bodies making these laws that deal with this are themselves often not very um, understanding of what this technology is and what it is capable of and what it's not capable of. Because we see a lot of people making, you know, uh, concerns about, oh, what if they – what if the AI gets sentient and, and kills all the humans? Like, yes. no, don't be concerned about that. Ah, that's, that's exactly the, what's going to happen. That's not what you want to worry about. That's not what you want to worry about. You want to worry about people using these tools for subtle misinformation or disinformation. That is far more clear and present danger than the, the So the I'm supposed to stay up at night and worry about what? Say it again, just so tonight I get it right. What? Uh, I mean, you want to don't worry about robots trying to kill you. Is that okay? That don't worry about robots trying want? to kill me, but I do worry about don't worry about anything, Julie. You don't have to worry about AI, uh, it will take care of itself. Don't worry. It's fine. Be There's happy. Nothing, nothing now, you he can said do about be, it. to worry about people using AI for sure, nefarious things. People are going to be nefarious, they're going to use all, hammers for bad reasons, and, and that's and how weapons it leads fun. to total destruction of humanity. Hello. I don't. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, Matt Max is right that 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 you, don't say these that. are tools. And they can be used. Yeah. I know. I know. I on the air too. Uh, um, they are tools that can be used for good and for ill, and that is certainly true. But there are concerns, and certainly they need to work with the companies who are creating these tools to find ways 
to more uh, accurately or more accurately represent stuff and more effectively put into place safeguards or at least encourage those companies to put in safeguards or, you know, threaten them with some punishments if they don't. So they have a reason to do it. One more question on the subject from me. And a lot of times I know I'm going to get ridiculed for asking a particular question because it makes me sound like a moron. This is one of those occasions. I don't really know the difference between chat GPT and AI. Is one a form of the other? Are they competitive? Am I crazy? What's the special at Taco Bell? I don't know. Tell me. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're alone in that, honestly. So AI is a very, very broad umbrella term for a lot of different types of technologies. One of those technologies is ChatGPT, but it is not the only version of artificial, so-called artificial intelligence that is out there. Artificial intelligence itself is even kind of a misnomer because it implies intelligence, which a lot of these systems don't actually have. Um, so ChatGPT is an example of a specific type of technology, in particular a chatbot, right? Like something where you go and you type in stuff and it responds to you in text. There are other forms of AI that are used for things like, for example, the creation of fake voices or the creation of fake videos or the creation of art. Um, All of these things fall broadly into a category often called generative AI, which is to say AI that creates something that makes something usually based on prompts or information provided by a person. Um, But there are many other types of what I think a better term that's sort of a subset of that is machine learning, which is like the technology where we have developed systems where machines can sort of iterate over, you know, data and learn things okay. about the patterns of that data and extrapolate. Oh, I get it now. It's clear as day. Clear as I do my best. Day. With the cold weather we had, and it was crazy here, just like the rest of the country, where we were glazed. We were completely glazed, freezing temperatures and such, and not something I thought about because I don't have one. But electric cars were apparently stuck that electric charging stations weren't working because it was so cold. And it's like, you know, not being able to get gasoline anywhere. Not your fun. your car just I mean, sits there. Didn't they think of that before they came out with chargeable cars? Sure. But, you know, there's a, there's a variety of things happening here. One, yes, batteries in general do not do well in cold weather. If you've ever left your phone in the glove compartment or in your car overnight on a really cold night, it drains a lot faster. That's just the chemistry of batteries and how they work. Um, Usually they are perfectly fine once the temperatures get back up to the operating like normal, like sort of temperatures. It doesn't permanently damage them, but it does, you know, impede how well they charge and how well they hold the charge. Um, this isn't unique, by the way, to electric cars. I don't know if any of you ever had a diesel car, but yep. at cold temperatures, diesel can solidify. <laughs> so I had a friend who had a diesel car in uh, high school, and there were nights where he would have to plug it into like a heater, basically. But they're they not had, like, popular now because that didn't work no, out so not. well. Could that really well, hurt? I mean, the but they were electric- popular. They were popular for other reasons, such as gas mileage and stuff like that. But yes, it was a challenge like similarly limited to the the sort of physics and chemistry of the particular material they're using for fuel. Now, this said, uh, there are a couple other places where, you know, this can be avoided. I think the biggest challenge for this is infrastructure. 
because people who have the ability to, say, leave their car plugged in overnight in their driveway, if they have one, or a garage or something like that, are not going to run into problems. The problems are going to be for people who do not have that infrastructure available to them and rely on the public charging network. And this is another place where I think, you know, largely either government or large corporation involvement is something that is very critical because there needs to be enough charging infrastructure and, it needs, and more of the point, enough functioning charging infrastructure, right? Like to the point about all these places with chargers that don't work. And I hear from a lot of friends who drive electric cars that, you know, especially for whatever worth, non-Tesla chargers are very unreliable and have a lot of problems. So I think this is more than anything, you know, electric cars, they're, they're here, they're here to stay, but I think we need to, you know, work on developing out the, the infrastructure of charging around the country in order to adequately like support situations like this and be prepared for it. Because if, but if you have these situations where it's like, there's only one working charger in this gas station or in the parking lot or whatever, like and people are lined up out the, the you know, doors because we don't have enough chargers. But if they're, if the freezing cold temperatures are going to take your battery down with an electric car and you're out and about, maybe you do have the charging structure at home, but you don't have it, you know, when you're, when yeah. you're around town. And again, it, it depends. It's not like it's like sapping your entire battery in an hour or anything like that. And, you know, a lot of times these are cases where people have let their battery. So, for example, a lot of electric car manufacturers, including Tesla, recommend when it's cold out, keep your battery above 20% charge because that will give you enough to sort of get through uh, to the next charging thing or whatever without having to worry about like a substantial drop. Like if you're close to the wire, right, and you're thinking it's like if you ran out of gas, right? Like it's like, oh, you know, I got I got a little bit left in the tank. I'll just park it and I'll get gas in the morning. And it turns out you don't have enough gas to get to the gas station. Or when you do, you like can't quite make it there. You know, there are, it's there are analogies there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On People our, on our Michael's, Michael's Baths text line 84126 um, from the 618, they're saying the hybrid is the way to go. I mean, maybe so. You kind of get the, you get the uh, benefits of the electric car and the savings. But in a pinch, you can always go back to the old school uh, way of doing things and, and get yeah, where you need to go. There are advantages to that. I think, you know, there are also disadvantages, right? Relies on the continued consumption of fossil fuels, and, and that is in itself a problem, and climate change is an issue with that as well because you're still generating emissions. So it's not a perfect solution, but, yeah, for a, like, I think the goal, <laughs> in a perfect world, we would have had a lot more hybrids over the last you know, two decades preparing people for a future of electric cars. And the transition is going to be kind of bumpy, but I think we I think the all electric future is still coming. It's just going to take a while to get here. They are the kings of proprietary stuff. Uh, Apple and their, you know, apps that they have in the store that you can only get them from them. They only work on certain things. And now an issue has gone all the way up to the Supreme Court about such things and monopolizing, and it doesn't look like Apple fared all that well in the ruling. <laughs> well, that's actually uh, interesting because not entirely accurate. So essentially, this was a case between Epic, which is the the makers of the game Fortnite, which you may have heard of, and oh, Apple. Yeah. Epic sued Apple a while back to say, essentially, we think it's unfair that we can't do business outside of the App Store, and Apple mandates us to do this. And to do that, they basically broke Apple's rules in order to make their point, and then they sued them. It became a bit of a media circus. Now, what happened in this eventually was that of the 10 counts, nine of the 10 counts went in Apple's favor. 
there was one count which involved a so-called anti-steering provision um, that, that was decided against Apple. Um, both of them, I believe, both companies, I believe, appealed to the Supreme Court. Apple wanted to get that 10th count. Epic wanted to overturn the nine that had been deciding against it. The Supreme Court declined to hear that case, instead basically kicking it back to the ruling that had already been there. So Apple does lose out on this one count, which is the anti-steering provision, which means they can't prevent um, makers of apps from saying, hey, you're signing up in the app, but we can also, if you go sign up on our website, here's a link to like go sign up on our website. And, you know, we can give you a discount or, or you can sign up there and pay less or whatever, like all of that is now allowed. However, Apple, as the controller of the platform, not only gets to dictate how that shows up and like what forms people can link to their websites, but they're also mandating as part of that, that the, you basically, those companies are now res responsible for collecting the same commission that they would pay Apple, less the cost of payment processing, like charging credit cards and paying that out to Apple. So if you pay 30% to be on Apple's store, if you go off, people are taking payments off the store. You have to not only pay for your own payment processing, which could be, you know, 3% of the price, but also 27% still has to get paid for Apple, and you got to keep track of it and submit those payments yourself. So uh, is that in the spirit of the law? Maybe not, but it adheres to the letter of the decision that was handed down. We'll see whether or not that stands. There are challenges already about these, these provisions. Um, but I don't think it's likely to make a big dent in Apple for the moment because it's a lot of work. Um, the big advantage is for large companies who can use that as a way to get more data. That's the thing they want. They don't care as much about the money as money. they do about having the relationship with the customer and basically collecting all your data. Netflix would rather know more about you than worry about how much money it's giving Apple yeah. because the more it knows about you, the more it can market to you and the more you'll be likely to use it. And I think pretty much everybody knows that's the name of the game now anyway. And, and that's world, worldwide yeah. for sure. Dan Morin, thanks Thank a bunch. Clearing everything up. Appreciate that. Uh, more AI questions for you uh, next week to see how much closer they have got towards uh, destroying humanity. So look forward to that. How are the novels moving along? Uh, great. I should point out today, also lost audiobook comes out today. You can go get it on All Amazon, right. Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to audiobooks, you can find it. So, uh, go pick that up. If you're into audiobooks, it's uh, got a great narrator and I think you'll really enjoy yeah, it. I, I can't believe you got Natalie Portman to read your book. Oh, <laughs> uh, would that I had Max would that I had. And they're all standalones, right? I mean, it's not like if, if you uh, pick up the latest, right? Well, also lost is a, is a is stands alone. It's uh, its own thing, it's a brand new thing. So if you're into that's the supernatural detective book set in Boston that involves some stuff at a big tech company. So if you like tech and stuff like that, there's a little angle of that. But it's kind of like a hard boiled detective novel just with supernatural happenings going on. So uh, if that sounds like your kind of your jam, go check it out. Based on a true story. Thanks, Dan Warren. Thanks, guys. <laughs> 224. I don't know any more about AI than I did before. I'm going to be honest. I, it's, I'm just terrified. That's all. I'm just terrified. You're not supposed to worry about that, though. Not, you're supposed to worry about people using AI for bad things. If you are in a hurry in the morning, you really don't have time to draw a bath. In fact, that's a dying art. I don't think a lot of people soak in the tub as much anymore. And then when you do, you realize, why don't I do this more often? 
This is incredibly relaxing. Oh, I can't reach my champagne. Um, but you do. You do you. Um, there have been a series of companies that have come along that offer a way to convert your bathtub into a shower. And they say they do it in an hour. It's like, yeah, okay. They take a pre-made mold and just stick it with some epoxy over what's already there. So if there's any mold starting underneath before, it's now in there, just you can't see it or clean it anymore. Um, Michael's Baths, familiar with them a little bit? I we am, and they sponsor our text line. Yeah, we talked a time or two about them. And they can do all of this stuff, and they get you a new setup in your house. This isn't a Band-Aid, so to speak. 30 years experience from these guys, five-star reviews left and right. The BBB has thrown them an A-plus rating. Uh, and those. this is, like, important to me now, but the ADA accessible showers and tubs, because the old ones that had the lip... You know, the big lip on them? How often would you smash your toes getting into the shower, forgetting that it had that on there? So they got the new ones. They can put grab bars in it if you need some help. Seats. Uh, and, you know, at one point I would have thought, who needs a seat in their shower? Uh, I have several times. You need a couch and a love yeah. seat yeah. and a chair and ottoman. They can do that for and you. And you know what? You could call them and they'll help you. They're not going to pester you. They don't do the high pressure thing. I had a, a visit with them and I just became more and more impressed with everything they were telling me. And I'm thrilled that they're involved in the show and that they're a client. And if you want to find out more, michaelsbaths.com. They've got financing options for you too. A free consult with one of their designers. Yes, one of their designers, plural. Plurals are important, apparently. Uh, that can help you with just such things. So a phone call is necessary. 636-775-0800. 636-775-0800. We welcome them to the show. You should welcome them to your bathroom. That sounded weird. Michaelsbaths.com. Let's go to the KTRS Traffic Center now and have a look at the roads. Hopefully a lot better than yesterday at this time, Captain Paul. Much better than yesterday, Julie. Right now, a two-car crash on 64 West at the Hanley-Brentwood exit is blocking the right lane. Two traffic control vehicles are blocking the right lane on the northbound 270 exit to eastbound page near the Lackland exit. And road work on 44 West past Bowles has the right lane closed. From the KTRS Traffic Center, I'm Captain Paul Kopsky on the Big 550 KTRS. Now, Polly, baby, booby, honey, sweetie, listen. Yeah. Um, you're not here at the beginning of the show, and that's where we kind of talk about what we've been doing since the day before. Yeah. But because you come in on the late here... We have no idea where you've been. Yeah, I mean, it's a mystery. <laughs> so you're you going to tell us or you're going to make me keep guessing? Because I'll take it somewhere very dark and dank. <laughs> well, yesterday, uh, in the wake of the serious ice storm, I stayed at home. But what's, what was kind of funny about it is there was ice all over my windshield in my driveway in the morning. And then I looked, up, looked back at it a couple hours ago, and it was all gone. It had melted off. Yeah, just so, waited out. Yeah. 
You know where I keep my scraper? It's in the garage. Isn't that brilliant? Absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah. Isn't it uh, anyone else see the irony that because of the, all the ice and there was so much traffic, our traffic guy didn't go out and get in traffic? Well, that's smart. That's what the the highway department said to do. That's they right. said, Bob stay Becker, home if you can. Said stay home. If you can, stay home. But it's kind of your gig. I think uh, it, it was probably okay in the afternoon, don't you think? I think you need to reassess, reassess yeah. your commitment I'm, to what you're doing. I'm reevaluating my life as we speak. Are you not happy with your career choices with this? Uh. <laughs> Don't answer him. I always wonder when they have, like, I'm not going to name a channel, but any local station that they're like, and now we go to Susie Jones, who's riding in the yes. block, block, block vehicle. And she's live out on the ice as we speak. Susie? And she's like, hi, I'm in the car with this co-worker of mine, hoping to God, and my mom's on her knees praying that we get home. I mean, why do they do that? But dot, dot, dot. They, why? They own, they own the dash cam. They're like, well, well let's, let's use this for something. I know, but put two people at risk? Because we love it. We love to see the people with the hurricanes out in the middle of the ocean. We love it. Do we? Unless, they wouldn't do it. If, if we didn't, didn't watch. watch. Yes. You know why I they guess. do it? Because it's too cold to send the reporter out to a gas station to stand by the sign when the gas price goes up. That's another one. It's like, uh, okay, did he really have to go there? Right. Do you think they're excited about the assignment? Do we need to send someone out in the hailstorm with a tape measure? I, I don't... went to journalism school at Mizzou. <laughs> I guess I, I should have. I'm here? still paying for this. I should have yeah. gone out in our uh, KTS uh, storm vehicle. KTRS. Yeah. Actually, Arnie. Ah. God, it should, oh. be, should be right there on the chat. Did I say oh. that? Wow, <laughs> that is so. Oh, I'm now, just crazy. I make any mistake like that, these two do ten minutes. But <laughs> we now, will now, I'm I'm the villain. I'm snidely whiplash here. I guess I missed a letter. <laughs> Can okay, I buy Paul. a vowel? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> well, not really because. There aren't any vowels no in KTRS. <laughs> I also noticed you're back this afternoon, but along with uh, traffic reports, you also do sports. Yeah, sports at about 3.05, 4.05, and 5.05. And that's kind of your passion anyway, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. I like doing uh, being able to do St. Louis sports reports. Fantastic. You do a hell of a job. Oh, I appreciate you it. You just throw that out there. Do you feel like this month is just dredging on, like the longest month of our lives? Well, the worst two months of... Of the year for me are January and February because of the cold. Yeah. You know, I always want to fast forward to March. Spring training, baseball. Right. Let's get it going. But March is a volatile month. It can be 80 one day or 10 the But next. you get March madness and that helps things. That's true. Or just madness in general. Right. Colonel, glad to have you as part of the team. Glad to be back. Class up the joint a little bit. After I was iced in. But now you're out. By water. Bottom. It's coming back, though. Oh, water. It's your nemesis. <laughs> it is. Oh, that's right. Water and me don't mix. It's I know. Right. Near-death experience if you're playing the home game. <laughs> 2.36. Break. We'll uh, come back. More Carney Show ahead. That are incredibly funny. From St. Louis, the Sklar brothers. Yeah. Randy and Jason make it through town once in a while. And years ago, they used to close out their show with this song... Dressed as rock stars with the headband and I think wigs and a tennis racket and an air keyboard 
and there's lights going, and it is hilarious. Hilarious. But somebody might have captured it and put it online. I assume if you look up Sklar's R-E-O, I don't imagine there's too many things that has both of those in there. Just a little tip from your uh, Uncle Johnny. Uh, Michelle Franzen is at Nikki Haley's headquarters, which is very, A band cheer, name. very cheery at the moment. Um, we'll, <laughs> no band uh, name? We'll check in. No, it's, it's up to the boss. Nikki Haley's headquarters? No. no. <laughs> okay, it's too political. It sounds too personal, actually. Um, <laughs> Any hoodles. Uh, when we were talking to Rick Lewis, and he really kind of blew on the scene when he opened Southern up, and Southern was right where Pappy's is. It was like half of Pappy's building and he'd set up this fried chicken place and it was fantastic. Um, And it went great with the Gaga people were going over barbecue. And at that time, really the, the front runners down in the city and then along comes Sugar Fire and a renewed fanaticism for smoked meats hits the streets again. And once you try some brisket, pulled pork, some ribs from Sugar Fire, you'll get it. You'll understand why after we had a renaissance of smoked meats that it was over and then it fired right back up again because Sugar Fire was putting meat on plates that people just... Ain't never had never. They don't stop. No. No, and their sides are fantastic, too. And I'd tell you what they were, but they change every day. Mac and cheese, usually on there every day, because that is bloody fantastic. Usually some greens, usually a chowder, some kind of crazy hash browns. Who knows? And each location does their own thing. Uh, And if you haven't checked out the new one, it's adorable. Not a lot of seats, though. You might want to grab something to go from there. And that's the new store in Florissant. So plenty of places to get your proteins and other stuff. Sugarfire Smokehouse online. Sugarfiresmokehouse.com. There you go. And as we mentioned, Michelle Franzen coming up in a few. Uh, tomorrow on the show, it's Wednesday. We got uh, Johnny Law. Elevator. 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 Have you heard it yet, Max? No. I have not, but I'm looking at the title now. <clears throat> Ooh, this will be an interesting one. I I think we'll be able to get it. I kind of want to play it now, but I won't. Are we going to give away the Grace Meat and Three? We're saving that for Know the Show on for Friday. For Know the Show on Tomorrow, Friday. Tomorrow, Chicken and Pickle. Chicken and gonna, Pickle. We're not going to give it away now. Give it, give it, give it away now. On give it Friday, away now. Grace Meat Plus Three. Hey, you missed this in the date in history uh, at the end of the schmooze, but 1957... Uh, the Waymo Toy Company rolled out the first Frisbee. wasn't called a Frisbee. Uh, their aerodynamic plastic disc um, from the Frisbee Pie Company was initially called the Flying Saucer. Um, on it goes, and then it catches the eyes of uh, Waymo. They dub it the Pluto Platter. Uh, and then on we go, and it finally gets to its uh, current owners, and they decided to call it Frisbee after its origins, 
the pie company that uh, had those pie tins in the first place in 1871. So that's interesting. So does so who owns the the right to that? I mean, I I don't understand. Uh, who would who would be the person or the company that would be in charge of it? Yeah, it was Whammo in the beginning, and then Whammo got sold, and the two owners broke up, and one of the guys had Whammo, and the other guy had another company. So I'm not sure who makes Frisbee. So could we now. just make our own Carney Show disc that was just like one of those and yeah. just call and it Carney Show disc? You see the cheap ones all the time. Yeah. Something about a Frisbee, it's perfectly balanced, and I don't know if it's still. It says here. Uh, Mattel. Mattel. Currently owns uh, Frisbee. They bought the toy from Whammo in 1994, which is a little more recent than over the 30, I guess that's 30 years ago now. I guess it's not very recent, but. I know. Doesn't that make so you feel weird. old? Yes. Yeah. In my world, that's yesterday. Um, and to give you an idea of, of how long it's been since I have been a student of the disc. Yes. I used to actually play something called Ultimate. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Um, which was kind of like soccer, but instead you move the disc back and forth, obviously, by throwing it. Is and that kind of like Frisbee golf? Have you played that? I have played People that. love that. Yeah, that's completely different. Is it disc golf or Frisbee golf or same thing? Disc golf, but they, they call it both. And if you haven't played that, that's really fun, too. Uh, and that is a science. We went into a store that sold uh, disc golf discs and just like golf clubs you know your sand wedge and putter all the way to a driver you got 14 15 clubs to choose from well same thing with the golf disc frisbee really the like ones the size of like an a salad plate and then there's a bigger one then there's a tiny one like a clay pigeon yeah it's uh they're cashing in wow <laughs> they are do they have golf in. disc bags could we get in on that action or what Sure. Okay. I mean, I think it's an over-the-shoulder uh -huh. number. Very nice in springtime. Um, so, yeah, that was on this date. So, thought you'd like to know. Tell your friends. Um, from the 314 and the Michaels Baths text line, um, Justin here, 24 years ago today, the Rams beat the Buccaneers to go to the Super Bowl. Mm. Seems like just yesterday. Just yesterday. Also, today is a fairly significant day for some, and I'll tie this all into my AI destroying humanity, but today is the day they set the doomsday clock to whatever they're going to set it on. And I think we've talked to Marshall about this before. No idea who the person is who's tasked with that. Tell us how close we are to complete annihilation. Well, it turns out the people that get to change the clock are the people that invented it. <laughs> Imagine that. What a, what a shocker that was. The Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. That's who they are. And today is the day. They're going to set it somewhere. And this goes back. This goes back quite a ways. Uh, it was created in 1947. And they originally set it at seven minutes to midnight. Um it got down to three minutes, and I don't know where we are now. I know we're getting closer, but according to the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. So. Uh, we are at 90 seconds to midnight, All and right. it's been that way 
for the last two years. So long, everybody. 90 seconds. To the AI is going to take us all down, and I told you so. I won't get to tell you because we'll all be gone at that point in time. Um, so Julie just showed me something disheartening. That was sad. Yeah, really sad. We just got word that Charles Osgood, former CBS News host, has passed away at the age of 91. But what a run. On the road with Charles Osgood. Um, yeah, it gave us a lot of great broadcast stuff. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. And yeah. Do you have a chat I with him? I talked to him, yeah. I knew it. I did. 249, quick break. Another uh, chat right around the corner. It'll come to you live from New Hampshire. Hang on. In New Hampshire, so no surprise, ABC's Michelle Franzen in the midst of it all at Nikki Haley's secret headquarters. Well, it's not secret. Just <laughs> well, I, have, I haven't made it to headquarters yet, but I've been roaming around going to a few polling places today and getting a, a feel for what the voters are, are doing out there. And it is still a mixed bag. We've talked to a variety of voters who uh, some of our Trump supporters, Haley supporters, even the write-ins for Joe Biden today. What is the White House, um, what is their statement on Biden being the write-in candidate? Are they endorsing the idea of doing that or, or not? It's, it's sort of a an offhanded sort of endorsement. And that's because, of course, the Democratic National Committee, as well as with Biden's approval, reconfigured uh, the Democratic primary calendar where their first primary actually takes place in South Carolina next month. By law, though, New Hampshire in their state law has to be the nation's first primary. So there's been some, some tension there that hasn't been in years past, but there's a ground game here for the write-in candidates, sort of surrogates working that out. And that's because you have all these independent voters, as many as 300,000 independent or undeclared voters that can vote either for Republicans today or Democrats. And that's what Nikki Haley is, is banking on to raise her chances to stay in this race against Donald Trump as well. But the Biden administration or President Biden uh, and his surrogates are thinking, if we can siphon off some of those votes from Haley, they, too, wouldn't mind going head-to-head -head with Trump instead of Haley. So Nikki Haley's party passing around uh, press releases to the media saying, here's our plan for the next couple uh, primaries and stops. So she's planning on moving ahead, but truthfully, uh, if you had to guess, if she if she doesn't win this one, are we going to lose her in the race, you think? Well, we're not going to guess, but we can take a look at the recent polls, and we'll know more from the exit polls when they happen after the polls close later tonight. But we are getting a sense that D Donald Trump does have a significant lead with the Republican voters here in New Hampshire. And again, the game changer for Nikki Haley will be whether or not she can come within striking distance with those independent, undeclared voters that choose her over Trump, over Biden, and the other candidates that aren't really in, you know, don't have the significant numbers, but are still siphoning off some of those votes. She, uh, in those campaign talking points to her staffers, says that she is not going anywhere, that she plans to be in this race, at least and through Super Tuesday. That means South Carolina, her home state in February, 
And that could all change tomorrow. You never know. But that is what she put out today. So signaling to campaign staffers, don't be making any other plans. Absolutely. Um, So with the state of New Hampshire and people voting there, I've read that it's pretty old school and that we might not have all of our answers tonight unless it's just such a landslide that there's no chance of her winning. Exactly. You know, they have a tiered system of there's a few polling places that close earlier, but the other polling places will close after eight, nine o'clock. And then we should start getting some numbers in. And like you said, if it's pretty decisive, we'll, we'll know early on. There hasn't been too many issues that haven't been, you know, handled quickly, according to the state secretary of any any voting issues at, at certain polling centers and nothing widespread. So something like that should not get in the way. They're going to be dealing with, you know, turnout, whether or not there's enough turnout today. And it's it's been sort of steady from what we've heard, but nothing like a rush. What's the weather like there? It's in the 30s today, and it, they could have some snow showers, but nothing nothing that New Hampshire residents can't handle and nothing like the Iowa uh, very dangerous temperatures. Yeah, they, don't, their they don't put on a sweater until it's like two degrees. That's true. You know? <laughs> hey, it's balmy here today. We're in the 30s. So. With everything in the 2020 election, with people say they were miscounts, some polling places had the doors locked, people were called to not come in and vote. And, you know, the the Trump camp alone was throwing all kinds of conspiracies out there as to how the election was stolen. So what's going to be different this time? What did pollsters learn from that? Well, we're not hearing any issues about here on the ground in New Hampshire of anything like that other than the robocalls that have been taking place yeah. um, that that mimic some of the voices, including the president's voice, uh, that are under investigation now. But it's interesting, you know, Donald Trump's leading has a significant lead in the polls, but there are no nothing to say that there's anything funny going on uh, with his lead. No, no hanging chads. Not from, his, yeah. not from his camp, not from any other camp. Okay, good. Michelle Franzen, thanks so much for checking in and going to the trouble to go all the way to New Hampshire and cover this thing. We benefit. Uh, thank you. All right. Be we well. appreciate it. Bye-bye. So long. And uh, Guy Phillips is in the building. I saw that. How about that? So Guy and Josh taking you through your afternoon, and we'll meet back here with the Nutter Butter Convert, Max Foise, Julie Buck, and yours truly. I we'll ate take- about half that bag. What's that? Half I, the bag I of Nutter Butters. half the bag of Nutter Butters, yeah. <laughs> well, you got the other half of the ride home. For Julie and for Max and for the Nutter Butters, I'm John Carney. Thanks for listening. Be good to each other.